0: Hey there R-Sporters, Kit Harvey with you for another installment of R-Conversations. In this episode, I sit down with Wyoming born and bred, now Melbourne based photographer, Charlie Hawkes. Prior to sitting down with him for this chat, I knew Charlie a bit from a couple of R-Sport photo shoots. I always look forward to product releases, partly because it means spending some time with Charlie and seeing how he goes about his business. Instantly recognizable in an ever-changing pair of loud sunnies, Cruising around Melbourne on his beloved bicycle, he's a hard guy to miss, but I didn't know him as well as I thought I did. From small town beginnings documenting the action on ski slopes at Jackson Hole to the bright lights of New York City, Charlie has plied his craft all over the place. But as with many people in the creative industry, the coronavirus pandemic rewrote the rulebook for this lens for hire, who we lovingly refer to as Chalks. 18 restrictive months in an entirely new city, forging a path in an industry reliant on interconnectedness and developing relationships. That's a pretty tough assignment, but he's done it, emerging as one of this city's premier photographers. Take it away, Chalks. It is a pleasure to have you on our conversations, Charlie Hawks. I guess the first logical question is, how are you finding our hot box studio? Are you comfortable? Is the beer cold enough?
1: The beer is is cold. It's warming up, so I'm drinking them nice and quick. It's been a long, long day of work, so they're nice and refreshing. The studio is lovely. Everything is comfy, and yeah, ready to just absolutely share everything. Tell all.
0: Now, full disclosure, you and I do go back a little bit in that. You were uh, the facilitator and photographer on a shoot with the R-Sport futsal team, uh, taking heaps of action shots. You took team photos. I must say, I got a really good impression of you first up. I appreciate that. I rolled into the venue. I saw a guy with a bike, really nice sunnies, and I just thought, Maybe this guy's actually for me. He seems like an all right dude. Yeah.
1: i glad, uh, glad the book, the cover was, you know, matched up with the, the book. I think that I was
0: proven correct. <laughs> um, I guess the, the next logical question moving on from that um, and the fact that we do know each other a little bit is that I've been pretty pumped about sitting down and chatting with you because although we do know each other a little bit, we've been kind of... Uh, slightly stymied by lockdowns, restrictions and I would like to get to know you a little bit better and I'm sure our listeners would as well Um, I guess first things up is they will have detected something of an accent already, Uh, maybe American, is he Canadian? Is it Rude to ask?
1: Um, I I don't like when they ask if I'm Canadian, but I also don't really... I'm not like a super patriotic American, but I always bristle. I'm like, oh, do I seem Canadian? I don't know. I don't know if there's Uh, such thing
0: as seeming Canadian or seeming American. (laughs) Um, But the first logical thing, and where we'll go from there, is uh, I'm curious about where you grew up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is not the first place that you expect an American traveling and living in Australia to say that they're from I'm curious I guess what was that like growing up in small town America and um what was the thing that led you to pick up the camera in the first place and think hey maybe I could make a make a real go at it taking photos
1: um yeah growing up in Jackson Hall was insane it's the prettiest place on earth I absolutely love it I miss it I've uh yeah been stuck here not stuck thriving here but definitely wanting to have a visit home since um the day the borders closed, March 19th, 2020. Um, doing a big down in Australia. Um, but yeah, growing up in Jackson was great. I skied my face off, I biked, I uh, played soccer, I, you know, rafted rivers, climbed mountains, whole American dream, bucolic, Norman Rockwell, just perfect upbringing. Um, and through that, yeah, through mostly the sports, the skiing, skiing, um, especially when I got into free ride skiing after I quit racing, the natural gravitation is to document what you're doing. And I enjoyed being behind the camera as well as being on the other side of it. But um, I suppose I was the better of the crew and ended up doing a lot of that. And that kind of translated into an interest, but not like a passion when I was a teenager or anything. You know, when I look back, I definitely noticed that I, I had a camera, like, you know, my mom's, Sony X Slim. I remember it was like the size of a deck of cards, probably had as many megapixels as like an iPhone 2. Like, so horrible. But, um, it was always taking pics, and then, yeah, I was, uh, ended up at art school out in new york like 90 minutes outside of new york city um and i was there crying in a counselor's office like the third week of school just not sure why i was there i wanted to be a professional skier that was like i told my parents i was like i'm not going to college i'm gonna go you know ski around the world and jump off cliffs and somehow make a living and not die and they were like no no you're going to uni school college uni you guys say uni i'm now like (laughs) absorbing it but like I still want to say college, but it's like confusing. But yeah, my college, your uni um, studied, ended up studying photo there because the counselor who I was sobbing to was just like, well, what are you interested in? And I was like, "Oh, I have these cameras from my grandfather, these film cameras. I don't know really how to use, but he's this like cool photographer. And I'd like, you know, I have these laying around and he was like, go sign up for photo classes. It's like literally happening right now. And if you don't sign up today, you can't join the program. And I, like, full Harry Potter, like, sort of ran down through the campus and went to this, like, photo lab. It's like this barn in the woods, and there was a sheet on the wall where you had to literally just write your name, um, like, old school, just sign up. And I was the 50th of 50 spots, just wrote my name on the wall. And um, the next week I was in Photo 101, taking a bunch of stupid, bad pictures for a fairly long time before I kind of found a groove shooting mostly my friends and, you know, girlfriends, people who were near and dear to me. That's like what kind of became my passion. And I, you know, moved to New York City, as most people from my school did when I finished uh, my four years and my degree and had to go trying to be a fashion photographer, worked as a photo assistant for a million different photographers, learned so much, traveled the world, carried people's bags and set up their lights and focused their lens on beaches across the globe and had a blast doing it. But like, don't think I really was cut out for that world. And after leaving New York, fleeing a kind of a hard, fast lifestyle that was getting the best of me. Um, I was back in my little hometown, you know, small town USA, just skiing, working at the ski resort, uh, doing some like terrible photography just taking pictures of empty condos like for real estate listings and you know still keeping up like the friend party picture game a bit I ended up falling in love with a girl from my hometown who was like a good friend of mine's cute little sister and she was moving to Australia soon after we got together and she kind of half tentatively asked if I wanted to go and I said yes and I followed her here and showed up and kind of found my swing of things, taking pictures of people having fun in social situations and somehow it's trying to sell something often, which I've come to really enjoy.
0: I guess there is a difference between, you know, going around sort of doing street photography and doing photography for yourself, having exhibitions, that kind of thing, and making ends meet. Yeah. Um, how did you go, I guess, arriving so soon or in fact basically the day before we went into one of our first 2020 hard lockdowns due to coronavirus. How did you go about building a business and building a name in a situation where a lot of the places where you would be shooting uh, cafes, restaurants, small businesses, places that are so reliant on vibe, so reliant on people being allowed to authentically kind of naturally navigate the space... How did
1: you go about building a business? It was hard work. I mean, like any, you know, I mean, essentially being a photographer is just being a small business, an independent business owner. I'm a sole trader and I, you know, just run around and you're your own agent, you're your own accountant, you're your own hype man, you're your own retoucher, editor, critic, uh, manager, secretary, you know, you're just doing it all. Um, I am really lucky to have like a super helpful partner who, you know, she often, has been my hype man and helped you know sell me sell me to people when they get in conversations about you know needing a photographer or hearing oh i need someone to take pictures of my you know sandwiches i'm selling as then with with lockdown it was really instagram communication which you know i hate instagram i love instagram i'm addicted to instagram i am on it way too much but it is a really powerful tool to connect people it's how i connected with anthony at r sport it's how I've connected with so many businesses. And once I kind of did the work reaching out to a few and making friends with people, um, I've been really lucky to connect with a couple designers, shout outs to Tom and Taiki at Soda. Um, they are really talented and connected with a ton of different businesses and really vouched for me and put me up on some jobs. Um, you know, and once I built up enough of a portfolio here doing happy snaps for people. Um, I think people started to want what I was doing, at least the people that, you know, vibe with that sort of flashy, louder, more poppy look. Um, but so much of it at first being stuck at home all the time with just Cora and myself and really not knowing any anyone here, not having any friends. She was just in online school. We moved here for her graduate program at uni Melbourne. Um, it was like, once I'd connected with people, they would kind of send me stuff. We, it was contactless. I mean, often we wouldn't even meet. It was like, they leave it in the lobby of our building. And we would have just had these long Instagram chats and like vibe on each other's pages. And um, it was so there's a lot of trust involved. And it was a lot of freestyling and, you know, just being creative and pushing the boundaries of what you can do with just like a tiny apartment and the 5k lockdown radius. And no idea what you're doing, where you are, who anyone is, Um, which I think maybe the innocence like kind of helped me in a way in, you know, just being like the foreigner and uh, not being aware of any of the cliches or trends or stereotypes or like neighborhood viewpoints of one another, all of which I'm very well aware of now. Um, I've I've learned that Melbourne is a really small, um, really connected, amazing community, everything that comes along with that. But people really like, there's I would say max two degrees of separation between anyone I meet like you can walk into a bar run into someone you've seen somewhere they know someone you know whatever and that also translated to shooting and I think yeah I've just been really lucky to be meeting a lot of the right people and working hard and loving taking pictures and just like making it work
0: I'd actually like to go back just a little bit to what it might have been like shooting various products in lockdown, in your living room, in your bathroom, in your kitchen, wherever you might have been in your apartment or your house. And leaning on Cora, your
1: partner, uh, as much as you
0: uh, have told me about, you know, does she have the most recognizable hands in Melbourne, do you think?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's Melbourne's most unknown but known hand model like i would be completely helpless without her she's all those things i listed you know being a, a sole business owner or whatever she also has helped fulfill so much of that and i mean recently we've both been working more and more and she has a, a full-time job with a great company and i can i can't rely on her as much but in those lockdown times it was like hey cora hold this Hey, can you like throw this in the air? It was wine bottles, it was chocolate bars, it was coffee bags, it was jerseys, it was hats. it was oh man, reading magazines that were you know magazines like it was everything. we rinsed our the two house we've now moved into our third apartment, townhouse. We had a tiny little horrible apartment, a nice house townhouse, and now we're in a great townhouse we've been upgrading, but the last two I couldn't find a corner that I had not photographed for some brand that had trusted i mean you know we couldn't even invite people in for a cup of tea it was like awkward masked meetup outside the crib little maybe elbow bump and like sweet like i'll email you some jpegs in a few days man and um so i've been yeah really fortunate to meet a lot of people that trust but going back to cora you know gotta give her the big shout out she's the real person making it all happen behind the scenes that hand like i cannot even tell you it's um it's, it's great. We've made a great partnership. And I now the company she works for, we still um, get to work. I shoot a lot for them. She works for this company, Great Rap, a local Australian company doing really cool things in the sustainability sector. Um, and so actually, honestly, her hand is still getting shot a lot for them. Look out for that gecko ring on the thumb. Um, yeah, you'll see it. Nice, nice, long, healthy nails and a gecko ring on the right thumb.
0: That's one for our listeners to keep an eye out for on, <laughs>
1: uh, on your
0: Instagram Chalks, C H A W K S. It's one of the more recognizable Instagram handles I reckon going around, and it is fun. It's, um, Anthony and I often have a laugh together. Oh, big chalks, chalks, yeah, is coming down. Yeah. We love to hang uh, out with chalks, and, um, it's, it's a pleasure to be able to do that tonight. Um, I guess uh, moving on slightly to, now that restrictions are easing a little bit, the coronavirus situation, uh, Uh, now that things are sort of easing up a little bit and opening up. um, How have you found that? And has it been a a big shift from, I mean, you were so self-sufficient and so autonomous. Hey, bring the thing to my house. I'll shoot it, make it look amazing, which you did, to being able to actually get back into the world and, and authentically engage with environments.
1: Yeah, it's been exhausting, exhilarating, Exciting, a lot of ex words, um, alliteration, on and on. Yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, because we were, I mean, I literally moved here the day the board is closed. So the Melbourne I've known has just been this really pared back, almost non-existent version. Um, which now being able to kind of grab the bull by the horns and get out here, and yeah have like meet people that i've known kind of intimately through email exchanges and instagram exchanges but never even met and have these IRL meetups where it's like oh my god it's been i would say 99.9% always superior to like this weird disjointed distanced version of you know collaborating cuz photography is so so collaborative it's it's it is me i'm autonomous i'm very self reliant etc cetera, etc but the moment you get more people in the picture especially when it's like a good group of kids and there's not too many cooks in the kitchen and, mm. and it doesn't have to be kids it can be grown adults it can be whoever the right group of people you can just make such good stuff and there's such a nice amazing diverse talented group of people in this town that I've come to know through various different little webs of interconnected people and getting to you know, put faces to names and put a voice to like a series of words you've read on an Instagram chat, um, over a glass of wine at one of the many amazing spots around town has been like truly joyous. Um, and I, yeah, my sleeping habits in lockdown, I became a real old man. I used to be a total night owl and never slept. And now I'm like hurting for my sleep, but staying real busy. And, you know, I think we like really deserve to kind of burn both ends of the candle for a while after sitting inside for too long, kind of waiting patiently.
0: Burning all three ends. I, um, I definitely <laughs> know how that feels. Um, I think it might be the natural optimist in me. I like to find silver linings in things. Do you think that maybe there's an argument, I don't want to put words into your mouth, do you think there's an argument that starting off in a situation, arriving in Australia where we were locked down, where you were so um, restricted in what you could do business-wise, has actually paved the way for kind of a bigger and better charlie hawks now coming out of lockdown
1: i completely agree and i'm actually like kind of having a chill because like i just had this realization that i've never actually had which is that like it i i had been making and the okay the classic way that photographers and what i learned make money in the industry not working as an artist but you know work you work your way up from an assistant Third assistant second assistant first assistant and you're doing your own work on the side but then like you make that shift and I think one of the big benefits of being stuck at home is I had to be self-sufficient I couldn't go be someone else's assistant there's you just couldn't so I was like well I love taking pictures and I'm good at it and you know I've managed to find my way and you know some days I'm like ah oh, food photography booze photography it's not what I set out to do I get down on myself whatever and it's only still you know part of my business um there's and I, I've come to really love it and I've you know it's it's a way that people engage and connect and um be together and you know all the pictures of mine that I've recently found most successful and fun and that people jive with whether it's through Instagram like count just hard feedback or you know what I see people reposting putting on their stories asking me to send them a jpeg in their email like oh I want to post this send it to my mom it's been pictures just with people with new friends just out blowing my flash up in fun environments, blinding people on the dance floor, blinding people at the bar. And um, yeah, just kind of capturing my life. And if I can translate my life into my work and, you know, make them kind of one and the same, then I'm like super happy and feel really successful with that.
0: Yeah, if I could jump in, that's kind of almost, you've, you've kind of taken the words away from me in a way, in a good way. You've, you've said the thing that I was just thinking and it's, That you, from my impression as a non-photographer, as just kind of a guy in the world, you find a way, when I look at your Instagram, you find a way to mesh your everyday life with the, I guess, brand building, financial side of the businesses that engage your services in a way that is actually super rare and you don't see every day. Um, That's my own personal opinion. And is that sort of something you seek to do? Or does it kind of automatically kind of happen?
1: I think it's been just kind of happening. I think it's, oh man, I could I could go in 20 different directions about this. I think I've connected with a lot of people that, again, even out of lockdown and being able to be around each other and collaborate, do kind of trust what I do. I believe in what they do. Um, but I think a lot of the people I work with are like young, independent business owners. And it's something that's really struck, like struck Cora and I both moving here as, you know, born and bred Americans multi-generated that's you know our family whatever is that there's like a lot of like opportunity here and like younger business owners and I have friends who are in their mid-20s that have thriving businesses that can like hit me up and be like hey come do those fun flash party photos you do but like of my stuff that I do for work and I can pay you a fair rate and like we can have a real go at this and go have a fun drink afterwards and make stuff that we like and that people, you know, connect with and like and want to buy or just enjoy visually. Um, And I think like it's been something that's really struck me. Yeah. Living down here, there is kind of more of an existence of like the middle class and this ability to have, there's more government support and like kind of belief in people doing their own thing. So it's like, a great place for me waltzing into that to sort of do that without necessarily meaning to and I will say I did do some assisting work living down here and I have to give like a big shout outs to Derek Swalwell who I don't know if he'd ever hear this but I assisted him a bunch and he's just been like so integral in you know backing me and letting me borrow his gear and you know just kind of showing me the ropes teaching me a bit about the photo industry here and like you know letting me know who's who and you know what's uh how it all how it all works which has been you know also integral and it's it's essential and humbling and i think crucial for anyone who wants to get into what i do to go do it for someone else and see how they do it and even if you learn that you want to do everything the opposite um it's good learning. Also, I'm definitely advertising for an assistant right now. I like. I need an intern. <laughs>
0: hey, we'll get that out there. We're happy
1: to talk about that.
0: Um, I guess you, if we were to push the Harry Potter analogy um, and talk a little bit about mentors, you mentioned Derek there, and not necessarily mentors, but you know, it's a business of interconnectedness and of relationships and of people existing with other people. How important have mentors uh, been in your career and, and how you
1: approach photography? Oh, absolutely everything. And I mean, you know, I know that I don't know if, they're, if I have to inject a sporting angle into this because, they, you know, we are loosely talking about or based around sports in this, in this platform of this conversation. But coaches growing up, I mean, I had this dude, Trevor Hyatt, crazy skier guy had like smashed his face in this horrible accident and was definitely had a few screws loose in his head. He had literally faceplate screws and I think some were loose. He was a nut, but like so positive. So just like all about, you know, envisionment, envisionment. That's not even a word like envisioning things. Like, you know, what is like seeing, like it was teaching us how to ski and see the line that we wanted to ski, the tricks we wanted to do, feel ourselves stomping it and skiing away and pumping our fists and being like, that was the best I could do. And, then moving into, you know, my professors, I was so lucky, the school I went to, um, for photo, you know, really famous world respected photographers, Larry Fink, my advisor, he, um, you know, we still connect on Facebook every once in a while, and he's got photos on the wall at MoMA in New York, and he's, you know, Vanity Fair, he's, but he's also made a living as a fine art photographer, but he would kind of go shoot these parties and people connecting. He grew up as like a true communist in like rural Pennsylvania, but then was shooting like Vanity Fair, red carpet parties with a flash and a Hasselblad, black and white six by six square photos, like just getting in people's not in faces, gracefully getting in people's faces, capturing like the real rawness. And I think he's been a continuous and forever inspiration. Um, And I mean, when I think of like a mentor mentor, it would be Brian Durbala who um, also only photography podcast I've ever listened to was an interview with him and he was awesome. And I like definitely had that in my head biking up here, Um, but he was just is, was, and is this amazing photographer in New York. Um, He was probably my age now, probably a little younger, probably 27, 28 um, when I reached out to him when I was finishing school. And he was taking swimming hole photos of his friends and like biking around the city, just like kind of I, what I was into. And I was like, man, like if you need an assistant ever, he was just kind of getting into like doing some portraits for like the New York times, Bloomberg business week, little small beans jobs, but like making a go of it. He would, you know, probably pay me more than he should have, like probably taking money out of his own rate. Cause he's a good ass dude. Um, to like tote me around the city and let me like carry his bags, learn about lighting, learn about like, we were often meeting people. The situation would be like, you need to get a great portrait of some like kind of boring looking businessman in some (laughs) boring office. And you've got 15 minutes to do it and you've got to make him look sick. And just meeting someone. And what I learned from Larry Fink and from him, it's like, the first thing you do is don't even take your camera out, connect with someone, get to know them, meet, build up a rapport. And then you can start, doing your thing when they like kind of let their guard down and feel comfortable. So yeah, those guys and my grandfather who, you know, serious photographer, black and white dark shooting four by five, like big, like the camera where you go with the accordion, like under the dark hood landscapes, like, um, self-publishing books, uh, amazing painter. There's just like, there's so many, but, um, and I guess I have to also add, cause I don't want to forget the ladies. Um, my godmother, Christina, Christina Loja. She's the best photographer in America. Um, Straight up, like, actually just, like, classic American socio-documentary fine artist. Like, amazing. Such a good photographer. And, like, just grew up around her. And she's why I moved to New York. Why I stuck it out. She was my mom when I was, like, starving and burnt out and hungover and broke in New York. I'd always go to her house for, like, a you know, roast chicken on Sunday and like a kick in the ass and some good hard like downtown Italian, like Jewish New Yorker mom, like Woody Allen character, just like wisdom. Um, So, yeah, a bunch of of them. Yeah, I'm listening
0: to your talk and it's almost like, gee, I wish I could see the movie of this guy's life. There are some larger than life characters, uh, obviously a lot of influences. I guess to bring it back to you a little bit, is your brand and the way that you like to shoot the way that you like to make things look is that something that you actively think about work on tweak to various needs or is it sort of like you can make a a product a service a person sort of mold to be a little bit in your eye if that makes sense
1: Mm, yeah that's interesting I mean it's Like I was saying earlier, it's definitely photography, especially photography post lockdown life, is so collaborative. And, you know, I am a service. And it's, it, it, photography occupies this bizarre place between like art and science and commerce. Like it's this mechanical tool that you can make artistically appealing images with to sell things for capitalist bastards. And, I'm not, like, some, you know, rah-rah super left. I mean, I am. But, like, you know, I'm... I'm. It's, it's crazy because, like, the goal is to get to the point where you're making a great living off of just taking pictures of what you want. And that intersects with people who are going to pay you that. Um, I definitely find that there's times that it's just a job and times that I, like, really believe more in... The, you know, the product, or not even believe connect with, um, feel, you know, a special, a closer energy with, like, the person behind the brand, or I just really like the aesthetic of it, or um, it's a restaurant that I find the food to be really delicious, or a winemaker who I'm like, yeah, your wine is, it slapped, I want to chug this all day, and I'm going to make really fun pictures, because we connect, um, but it is weird and especially as i establish myself more here i've actually this is the third time i've had this conversation today i had it with a shopkeeper who i know and with a close friend a designer who gives me so much work shout out to tom benson they were like okay you're doing this like great thing all over town like is there going to be a problem where it starts to overlap where like too many people want that or like They want you to work for them, but not do that. Like, where's that comfortable middle ground? Like, is that still going to be true to you? Um, I think it's something I'm figuring out as I go. I mean, I can earnestly say I've been like making the majority of my income as a photographer for only the last 16 months where it's like, I'm, there's no longer, I don't have to side hustle. I was always shooting, assisting selling shit online, like moving, you know, just like labor, just like doing whatever delivery work, like riding my bike around, like, you know, whatever it took to, and now I like really get to just take pictures, which one thing I didn't realize is the more you take pictures, the more you're sitting in front of the computer editing the damn pictures. And I keep forgetting to make time for that. Um, cause I just keep wanting to say yes to shooting. And then all of a sudden I just have to sit there for like two days staring at pictures, which is a, joy in its own right but if you let it stack up too long it can become a chore
0: when you first came out here obviously that you had no way of predicting coronavirus and restrictions and lockdowns and that that kind of thing but what did you have in mind when you first came out here you're like hey i'll be here for five some years hey i've got no idea and i'll just like roll with the punches what was the what was the energy behind I mean, we know the energy was love behind coming yeah. out here. You were kind of convinced with matters of the heart. Yeah. Um. But what was the plan? Like, did you have kind of a loose idea of what you were
1: doing? I had no plan. I had no plan. And it's interesting because, I mean, I'm not type A really, but like I grew up with the, you know, my dad's a lawyer. And my mom was a homemaker and an independent business owner. And when they split... You know, she was working in realty, working in interior design. My dad is, you know, has kept his law firm going through and through. But it wasn't like I didn't, besides my godmother, know any like people working in the creative industry or kind of finding their way through like living that way. So it was weird that I kind of, in terms of the photography world, I took a pretty traditional approach like my like I learned from my parents like I was working as an assistant I was working as you know a studio assistant an intern a first assistant second assistant third assistant whatever um and to just kind of break off from that which I did for a whole nother podcast's worth of reasons I had a really crazy last few months living in New York uh going out with someone who I probably shouldn't have and just not treating myself very well. I left in a hurry and kind of hit the reset button on my life when I moved home and was essentially a ski bum. Just like, I skied 141 days in a row the winter that I moved home. I did not have one day out of ski boots for almost, you know, half of a year or something crazy like that. It was, I almost, I mean, I was taking pictures, um, Actually it was pretty I went back to the roots. I was living at home, living at mom's, um, shooting black and white film because I couldn't process color film anywhere in town. There wasn't a lab left to do it. And I would go process it myself at the community arts center, which the dark room there was actually comprised mainly of equipment that my grandfather had donated from his home darkroom. So it was this like full circle experience. Um and I was just kind of raw and ready and reset and just living there. I was going into my second year of living at home, feeling like, okay, I've fixed myself. I'm ready to get back out of there. And that's when I met Cora. Um, And she, it was a summer fling that turned into a relationship. And then as things got real, she was like, by the by, I'm moving to Australia. And I just sort of was like, at the time, looking to shift perspectives, I was like, maybe I'll move to L.A., maybe Vancouver. New York was just, like, not not interested in going back. Um, and it just seemed like a sort of convenient, happy, coincidence, circumstance that we were crazy for each other and she was moving here. And still, when she moved here, I didn't even have a ticket here yet. Like, it was this funny, like, she's five years younger than me and wanted, you know, she's like, I'm going for school you can live in a separate house. We'll see each other, but like, I'm going to do my thing. And, um, I was like, I'm not moving halfway around the fucking world to live in some dirty share house where I'm actually biking to your house and sleeping there six or seven nights a week. Uh, but I couldn't say that to her. She, yeah, she actually, I'm getting really long winded, but when she moved down here, um, she came six weeks before me to start school And I was working my ski bum job back in the States and she messaged me like two weeks into it and was like, so I've like had this realization during yoga class. And I was like, oh, cool. What's up? (laughs) And then she didn't reply for like three hours. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to tell me not to fucking move to Australia. You're like hanging on it. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I was working my dead end ski bum job, like out pretty much just like, I don't know, drinking beer in the woods and doing other stuff and just not being good. And I was like, all systems go. Like, my life is hanging on a precipice. What is going on? Please and then tell me. She responds and is. I had. I I think I had refrained and I didn't send her to me. Like, what's up? What's up? What's up? I was just like, oh, what's up? <laughs> no, that's but like one way mood killer. sweating it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. She was like, I realized we should like live together when you move to Australia. And I was like, fuck sakes, thank you. Oh my god. Like of course, duh. Like, and then yeah. Um, I just like got on a plane. My I had to move my flight because COVID was becoming more and more of like a thing happening. The bushfires were all the news down here when I moved. Like COVID was this like second background thing.
0: That was such a, a wild time. Like we had all these bushfires and it was the first reason we had to put on masks. Mm. And it was so mm-hmm. wild that, and I, I, I it's weird to even think about that we were wearing masks for an entirely different reason even earlier than the first lockdown for coronavirus. It's like, I was in a mask to prevent from like smoke inhalation.
1: Yeah, totally. In the city. That's insane. I saw pictures and I mean, I, where I grew up, we had wildfires too. And I've definitely been accustomed to like summers where the Valley is just a cloud of smoke. Like you have friends visit from out Mm -hmm. of town and you can't even show them the mountain range. That's like our landmark of our town. I'm like, I swear to God it's there, but it's actually right now just deep, dark smoke. But, um, Yeah. I guess all in all saying I moved down here blind and free and sort of just ready for whatever came at me, which I think is uncharacteristic of myself. Like I really don't think, I think it had to do with just moving home and kind of hitting the reset button and being ready for whatever was next. And I think it like really could not have panned out better. I mean, we play the like what if game sitting there, you know, you can't not when you're sitting at home on the couch in a faraway land with no fucking friends in an apartment with some girl that you've been dating for like six months and you're crazy about each other, but you have no idea what's going on. And we're just like, you know, fast forward to now we're both like working, loving it, have a huge social life, a total scene here. And instead of it being like, what if we'd gone home? Yeah. It's like, instead of like, how do I say this? Yeah. Now we're like, thank God we didn't go home. Like, I feel like we're being rewarded with sticking it out. Um, and for taking
0: a punt, like rolling the dice, kind of all for it. Are you, you kind of hinted earlier that you're a, traditionally, are you a big planner and a big organizer? It's like, hey, let me work out these contingencies or did it kind of really fit into who you are as a person to just pick up sticks and go, wowee, let's
1: just fly to the other side of the world? Uh- I guess I'm not when you put it that way I'm definitely not a planner I'm just learning how to use my calendar like the busier I get the more I learn that it's not only work you have to like put things like coming to do this podcast in Mm -hmm. your calendar or you will forget and I am such a yes man I'll say yes and I love to go do anything but like I'll say yes to five people and then just forget all of them and be at home like (laughs) do like something to do? <laughs> and uh, five people <laughs> are like, that yeah. sharks has done it again. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to say I'm a flake. I mean, I, I, I keep my commitments. I'll, I'll be... Instead, I'm, I'm kind of an over I'll then bike to all five obligations, but kind of be like half-present for each. So I'm trying to work on that.
0: I uh, genuinely feel like you're just telling my life story. <laughs> yeah. I really relate to this in a big way.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it, it was uncharacteristic but I suppose characteristic to just sort of yeah it's characteristic of me for sure to be like a lover and just sort of like really just head like just head over heels um and like I don't know I couldn't imagine just being like all right yeah cool move to Australia have fun I'm gonna like stay here and ski and do whatever like working at the resort that I've grown up skiing for 20 some odd years um and yeah like I can't keep saying enough, like taking the plunge was just the biggest payoff because when you really don't know anyone, you really got to like know yourself and get to know what's good about you and what you can selling points and how you connect with people. And I mean, you know, we're all in our, you know, we're not like kids anymore and meeting people as an adult is really intriguing because you connect over who you are now rather than like things that you grew up doing. Um, Which I find like, super valuable and again coming out of lockdown it's super rewarding to know that you can just move halfway around the world following some girl and find a whole new life be greeted with like more or less a a clean slate oh
0: hey you're that skiing guy it's like i bet that hasn't happened once
1: no no people are like usually like i've never seen snow (laughs) i that's me yeah yeah we'll have to go shred this winter we'll have to get up to uh what do they call it Threadbow or something Threadbow falls creek yeah yeah
0: have you done much i mean you probably haven't had an opportunity at all to check out the australian skiing scene Mm, do you know much about it
1: my poor dad arm and a leg to pay to mail my fucking boots down here because i was just being a princess and i you know have when i was working at the hill at home i got like good employee discounts i bought like i wasted my entire pay on new gear as you do so i had these like really fancy boots custom insoles molded to my feet he mailed it all down here and the way the lockdowns worked out i never got to actually go get on the snow so i've Research i've heard a lot and we're actually really looking to get over to new zealand because it sounds like that's like you're trying to ski where you should go but i really i want to ski in the gum trees i like that sounds fun
0: it's some of the freshest air that you'll ever breathe
1: mm. genuinely
0: you're looking forward to hitting the road a little bit now that summer's coming around We had our first official day of summer and you can tell because this 70s loft apartment type setup above the warehouse is sweltering.
1: Are you planning to hit the road? Yeah, I don't know about in the barina, um, but we will be hitting the road. It's been a great little addition to just scooting around town with the uptick in business and shooting and being all over the place. It's great to not be like gingerly loading my gear into an Uber when I can just throw it in the back of a barina that literally could not be more broken already. Uh, but I definitely park it a block away and show up on foot because I'm a little embarrassed to park it out front because I don't think it matches the quality of the output of my photography.
0: I think that's probably accurate. It's so funny now that you say that you've, you've got a car, a- it's a big piece of character development for me because when I think of Charlie Hawks, I think of the bicycle and like somehow juggling like a bunch of different gear to get to shoots and, you know, making it work on two
1: wheels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's like the semi eco, not eco freak. I mean, I, I, part of it was just necessity. I wasn't going to buy a car. I couldn't afford one, but I also just, I'm, I'm a big cyclist. It's been such an important part of my life for, pretty much since i learned riding a bike i can't stop being obsessed with them um but yeah god i did show up to that first shoot when we met the futsal game with probably like a 20 kilo camera pack on and like three stands strapped to the basket and you were packing heat. There was a lot of gear. And it was like a day kind of like today. Like it was hot. It was hot. It was hot. But yeah, the Verena with no AC, it's pretty much like riding the bike in the hot sun. It's like you're sweating equally either way.
0: I did love that. I just I just had this thought to meeting you for the first time. I just, my mind's gone back. And I did earlier, I mentioned the sunglasses and that my, well, the glasses and my eyes were instantly Attracted to them, I thought, "Wow, I would love a pair of those." (laughs) And the 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 sort of early days of our friendship was just us sending links to cool, cheap Sunnies to each other. Yeah, I was like,
1: "Just let me know what you're looking for. I'll I'll optimize my algorithm. I'll start looking at glasses ads again, so that the Instagram machine brain, Hive Mind, sends them to me, and then I will just send them to you and
0: I was just looking for them, and I was hanging out for them. It was it was a fun little time, yeah. and I did end up buying a bunch. And I'm ready to buy more. I feel like you're the um, you're the glasses inspiration. I didn't know I <laughs> needed.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Sometimes I feel like a bit of a kook, but you know, with the hair falling out of my head, you have to have some bit of intrigue on you know the the money maker. <laughs> well, success you've managed to
0: achieve it. The ones you're rocking today are. Really nice. count emerald green numbers with thick rims. Real nice.
1: Yeah. Shout-outs to local Aussie glasses makers. Don't know how to pronounce them. Ray? Ray? R-A-I-E? I think it's some gals up in Queensland. Little ladies' sunglasses brand, but... You we know. love local. Yeah, exactly. Support local. And I, I guess to just continue rambling, even though I'm, like, starving and exhausted. We'll bring this back full feeling-
0: circle, man. You don't need to apologize
1: for rambling. Oh, yeah. That All that in saying, and tying back into it all, I suppose, the kind of independent spirit that exists, I mean, I think of it as an island. Like, Australia is this big fucking island full of, not that full of all these people, and it's far away. And I think I didn't know that moving here. And I was pretty used to, like, Amazon Second Day Prime for free, and this, like instant accessibility and I think being kind of out here in the middle of the ocean, the Australian spirit that I've really connected with as this like Wyoming night and sort of like American, like we have a pretty like pick up by your bootstrap spirit in our town. And I think that really is prevalent here. And people just kind of get it done and make it for themselves if they can't find it. And that's what I definitely think that I respected and appreciated about encountering the R sport stuff was yeah it's this like really great synthesis between like these old badass jerseys and kits and styles that we all see and love but done with like kind of a modern touch that makes it a bit more wearable and functional and there's just so many other great brands that are doing similar things where it's just like they see something that's working elsewhere or they're just inspired and are like, that's not happening here and I can do that and make it really good. And it's, um, yeah, it's a good like independent spirit that
0: I think I really connect with. And, uh, might I just say, I know we've already got him on board, but I reckon we should maybe get him to do a little bit of the copywriting, a little bit of, uh, (laughs) little bit of that branding advertising stuff as well because wowie you spoke about getting a tingle earlier and he's positively vibrating yeah. in his chair at the moment he is at a new frequency after hearing that description of our sport he's uh, like wow I, i've never even thought of that myself i'll take kickbacks on that one yeah, and yeah, that's awesome just uh we won't use quotation marks you'll <laughs> be on it in a,
1: a vibe kind yeah. of way um uh, i'm my what i have is yours What is mine is yours it goes both ways. That's for sure.
0: Mm. Um, I think it's. I think it's the only thing really left to do is to to wrap up in a way. Uh, I want to ask: Do we know what's next for Charlie Hawks? Like the business is thriving, the Instagram is like just absolutely going <laughs> off chops. What's next? What's gonna? What's in the plan? You're not a planner. We don't know. How do you
1: feel about a vacation? It? <laughs> vacation, definitely looking forward. I'm going back to the Aussie spirit, the the way they do things down here you guys do your weekends and your holidays right. That is not something that goes on in the capitalist fucked up machine that is America, especially living in New York City. It was like if you weren't working seven days a week and burning it at both ends and just being like kind of burnt out peace, you were kind of looked down upon. I think it is actually healthier and more productive and overall better to work a hard five and really enjoy those two days off. I sometimes hit that four, three... Three, four. If I'm lucky, depending on how the workflow is going. But um, yeah, next steps. I don't know. I just shot my first campaign, which is like a massive achievement to kind of toot my own horn that I've been striving towards for a long time. And you know, working with a big agency. And God, I hope they don't listen to this because I definitely was like, oh yeah, my last campaign, like da 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 da. Uh, it was a first for me, and it went really well. And I just want to start racking up bigger and better jobs while also not forgetting my roots and staying true to the people that got me off the ground here and always, you know, having time and making room for the projects big and small that, you know, intrigue me and make me want to point the lens at it. Um, Yeah, kind of half hoping that I'll go home for Christmas. Don't think it's going to happen. So probably going to just embrace that. I will have a hot Christmas this year where I know a lot more people and feel a bit more like home and um, yeah, relax and then hit it hard in the new year and just, I don't know. Yeah, I think I already said grab the bull by the horns and just, you know, ride it. See where where it goes and hopefully keep improving and experimenting and getting better and yeah, having fun.
0: Is there anything you aren't Doing right now that you want to be doing in a professional space? Like, is that, that's probably a really hard question to answer, but is there anything that really sticks out? It's like, oh, hey, I want to have a-
1: more, more clothes. More, I love taking pictures of clothes. I am a hopeless, just clothes horse, clothes whore, label whore, hoarder, whatever you want to call it. I love it. And even though I'm not like trying to cut my teeth in the New York fashion game, I, Love, I mean, it's something that happened in so many other places in the world. And um, I mean, I've found like shooting with art sport to be really a fun cross pollination of that fashion, clothing, fun approach, but also with this free, athletic sort of side, different energy into it, which, you know, taking pictures of someone moving around and having fun, you're going to get a way more dynamic, interesting image than some like starved model standing on a white backdrop in a studio. Um. So, yeah, definitely if there's any uh, clothing brands out there looking to add someone new to the roster. But, yeah, and just keeping with the original homies and growing and, yeah, looking for an intern, <laughs> actually.
0: <laughs> Speaking of adding to the roster, I really would like to just put you on the spot by way of finishing up. Uh, you were on the original R Sport roster, didn't play one game, Spoke a massive game, but yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here and now. In, well, now, actually, it's towards the end of 2021. In 2022, can we count on at least one on-court, on-pitch appearance from Charlie Hawks with R-Sport Futsal Club?
1: I'll put it in the back of the net. Man, he's got a pathway appearance. to the net. Yeah, Love that. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's got to happen because... The organized approach to like being like on a roster, being on a calendar, like being held accountable, I think is the only thing that's gonna keep my lazy, over busy, overworked self from just like ignoring exercise entirely. And I would love to go kick the ball around. And uh, yeah, if anything, I don't know. Maybe I won't guarantee a goal, but I'll be cocky and try and do it.
0: It's more than enough, Charlie. We would absolutely love to have you as part of the team.
1: Yes, sir. I'll drink to that.
0: Stay up to date with everything our conversations via our social media platforms at rsport double underscore on the gram or via the website www.r sportswear.com.